Good afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday, January 7th. It's another Hoopstradamus podcast. I am joined by my good friend from Raider to Paul Sports, Hami Arain. Hami, how are you today? Doing great. Just uh, sitting here in my car at the old Hilton in Oakbrook, Illinois. Uh, it's a very, uh, it's a very mild day outside. It's not like a, it's not very cold or anything. It's like about 37 degrees. It's very, very good outside. We have had an incredibly mild winter. There's been almost no snow. It's been there haven't been really freezing days. I'm waiting till the end of January, beginning of February, because that's when we always get some kind of freeze. But it has been a relatively good winter so far. It's actually been in March are like the worst months. Yeah, it's always always it's the weirdest thing because we get to the point where. We, I always think December, January are going to be the worst. And then some reason February is always the worst month. Yeah. It's always dark. You know, it's like no one likes February here. No one likes February. No, it's also the shortest month. So it's the Isaiah Thomas of the months. <laughs> but I want to talk about, we do have a lot to get to, but I want to talk about this team that Daryl Morey has taken over and has transformed into the best team in the Eastern Conference. He surrounded Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid with shooting, and it is working out great. I am, of course, talking about the Philadelphia 76ers, 7-1. Joel Embiid, of course, doing his thing. But, Hami, what I'm loving about this team is shooting almost 40% from downtown, finally giving them the shooting that they need, and it's working. You get high IQ guys like a Danny Green. Milton's playing great. Seth Curry's playing out of his mind. 17 points a really game. Good. He was good yesterday. He was, was he, the or whatever. He, it's just crazy to see what's going on. And I'm loving this. And I've been able to catch a couple of games for them. But I want to I get your thoughts on what you have seen that's totally changed compared to last year. Uh, well, everyone always talks about, you know, X team might need like a fresh face. And that's, this is exactly what happened this year uh, for the Sixers. Because last year, Embiid in the playoffs, he played great for the Sixers against the Celtics. It's just that the Celtics had the better team, you know. And, and Embiid, he averaged like, I don't know, what was it, like 30 and 10 or something like that. Yeah, he played really well. Like that. Yeah, he played really well in those four games. But it was, just like, it was like he was the only guy doing it. Because I don't think Simmons played, right? He didn't play in the bubble. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think he did. And so <laughs> it's just – it's mad. It's just crazy because I give Embiid – Embiid is the best big man in the NBA next to Jokic. I think we can both agree on that, clear as day. And, yeah, you were, we were both right, yeah. Ben Simmons didn't play. I don't remember him playing at all in that game. And it's crazy because Elton Brand was – it wasn't working. I'm like, what the hell are you doing training for Al Horford? And I was like, that's not going to work. There's no spacing and he's slow. And now look at him. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it makes you think, like, they really, really – like – I know it's like it, we also talk about hindsight and stuff like that, but I mean, Jimmy Butler was really fucking good for them, you know. He was, and he was a great closer, you know. He was, and I think that's where in the playoffs they're going to struggle. They don't have the closer because I mean, I mean, okay, I mean, I guess you can go to Seth, but no, it's going to be Tobias Harris, which is fine. He's not a he's not a bad player to go to at all. He's I've always been a big fan of Tobias. Since he was in Orlando, I thought this guy's a beast and is going to have a very solid NBA career just on his numbers. And oh, sorry about that. You guys, might. anyway. So I, <laughs> I'm not. You know what that is? It's 
Do you get those things where like your warranty is expiring in your car? Do you get those spam calls? Oh yeah. Oh, I get man. it's the same people, and I have oh, to block man. like eight, three different numbers a day. It's the most annoying. Same numbers coming from the IRS. You know, it's like you're not the IRS. No, you're not. Your zero number. <laughs> no, you're not. So, but you know, from last night, shout out to Bradley Beal by the way, dropping a sixty-point game in the loss. I feel bad for that dude. He's the Devin Booker of the Eastern Conference. He was because now oh, he's got a team. It's tough. You know, you can you can honestly argue that he's kind of the reverse because he he was uh, when he was young, they were pretty good. I mean, like they were like a fourth or fifth seed. Remember when they beat the Bulls? Like he was a huge part of that. And then they uh, they, they swept the Raptors too, right? Like the year after they beat the Bulls, they like swept over the Raptors, and it was just like no problem. And you know, Beal and Wall, and you know that's another situation where I thought the fresh face would have been very beneficial for a guy like Westbrook, um, but it hasn't. You know, but like it, like that's a team. Because I watched a little bit of that game, the Wizards versus Sixers, and like this, the Wizards they compete, but they're just they they only compete they up until the fourth quarter. They you know? can't really play defense. They got good. They got some good guys like Davis Bertans. I don't know why he stayed there. He should have gone somewhere else. I feel like he could really could have done wonders for them. And the thing, the team, I mean, has completely fallen off a cliff since. They lost in seven games to Boston. I mean, that series was such a classic series. And, you know, I love Scotty Brooks as a head coach. I think he's a very good head coach that can really help, you know, another team. But I don't – I think his time – it's just – it's frustrating to see just how far they've fallen. I mean, last year, 29th in the NBA and in points allowed. And it's just – and this year it's no better. I mean, they're giving up 119 points a game. They score a lot of points, but they also give up a ton of points. And this is a team that is rebuilding, and I think it's time that they trade Bradley Beal because I think you need to go full rebuild, and I don't think there's any point in keeping him. Yeah, it's a tough situation because, I mean, like you hear all these fans talk about how, you know, they should give away Bradley Beal. Give him to our team, you know, like Heat fans will be saying stuff like that. Or, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think Beal, he, he's – I always thought of him as the guy who would be a complete, like, wizard, you know, for life, which is, like, weird to say. But, like, you know, like, uh, he's been – he's seen so much shit with that organization that, like, they're I, I, it's they're finally trying to turn things around uh, because they have a new GM and everything. So it, it's going to take some time, you know. Like, I know with the Bulls, like, that culture changed, like, a little bit, like, quick. But uh, with the Wizards, it's tough because, like, they had Scott Brooks for how many years now? Two? Oh, it's been a lot. It's been a long time. Let me look. It's been at least four years. I think it's been four. Years. Okay, wow. Yeah. Then he's five years. Is, this is his fifth season as head coach. Oh, wow. Yeah, his time is due for sure. Yeah. Because uh, Beal is always in these games or the score yesterday, the score, 141 to 136, right? He's always in those kind of games, and he's always going off for 45, 50 points. I think this is like that's like the fifth time that's happened in his career. Like he's only won one time where he scored like over 45, 50 points. So it's it's, it's a bummer. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think that the Devin Booker comparison is actually it's actually pretty accurate. Uh, you know, um, it's a shame, man, uh, because you know uh, the Wizards uh, that's that has the potential to be a very good basketball town uh, if they ever get their shit together. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and the fans showed out, you know. It, it, Washington's obviously a bandwagon, you know, city, you know, no no doubt about it. It's not, not a surprise, you know, and, and that's fine, you know, because it's a transplant city. But, yeah, man, like, that city has a lot of potential, but it's just like they, they haven't seen anything worth watching for the last, like, three years. I mean, 2017 was, like, their best shot. And in 2015, like, when Wall broke his hand, 
I think he broke his hand again in 2017. But 2015 broke his hand against the, the Hawks. They could have gotten to the conference finals. They could have beaten the Hawks then. Uh, and then, you know, obviously 2017, the kind of breaking the Wizards uh, and turning into what we know as them as now. So it's, it's kind of surprising that Westbrook – it's it's a disappointment, you know. That's all it is. You know, that's all I guess we should say and end it really with. It's just it's crazy, and I agree with you. When, when that was back when remember they lost to the Hawks in the in the in the semis, and you know I agree with you. It is a transplant city and a kind of like a Phoenix area. You know, a lot of people are starting to move there. Atlanta, a lot of people are starting to move there. Dallas, all these things, but Dallas always had that stable fan base, especially in Texas. There's always been a stable fan base there, even with San Antonio, who. Uh, I don't think Greg Pop- – I would actually ask you this. Do you think Greg will ever leave the Spurs? Because I've thought about no. it. No, 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 never. Because if he leaves, he, he'll be done. He'll, he'll retire. Because I agree. Uh, I think what people forget, and this is actually – I might throw this in the full-court trap. Greg Popovich used to be an assistant coach for the Warriors, right? Yes. And, like, there's another team, too. I think there's another team he used to be an assistant coach for. But, like, uh, I, I cannot see him ever leaving San Antonio because that's, like, that's his, that's his town. He's been there forever. He. He was actually from East Chicago. Yes, he was. So yeah, he, was, Indiana. he was an assistant coach. I be, his first big job. Was, okay, this is He was the, I think he was an assistant under Larry Brown at Kansas. That makes sense. And then he went to the Spurs for a few years. Then he went to Don Nelson, which makes a lot of sense. And I think he took, a, and I think what he did was towards the late 2000s, he took Don Nelson's offense and kind of made it the Warriors offense because he had guys like Tim Hardaway and stuff like that, and he probably made it a point guard already on offense, which is what made him so good. He's been with the Spurs now for 24 years. I don't see the guy going anywhere either, and I agree. And I think that's Becky Hammond's job. He's just waiting. Yeah, because so, yeah. Yeah. that other dude, uh, Messina, went back to Italy. Right. And speaking of which, we got some breaking news in the pod. We got a Tom Thibodeau signing. Taj Gibson has rejoined the New York Knicks. Wait a minute. What team was he on just now? Was he a free agent? Yeah, all I know is this. So I, I am so happy Tibbs re-signed Taj Gibson. Just get, the whole, get Joakim out of retirement. Let's get Derek back in New York. Let's do this. Let's well, Joakim, Joakim should play with Billy Donovan. I, I wanted that so bad because I thought he'd be good for the locker room. But you know what? Yeah. I guess it wasn't in the cards. But I want to get back to Philly for a sec because – Yeah. I, I really think – I think this team is going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I definitely think this is their year to finally show out because if you have the spacing to not – so they can't double Embiid and you can kick it out, if only Ben Simmons could shoot the three. That's the thing that's so frustrating is that he's such a great talent, but his ceiling is complete is limited because yeah. he can't shoot. He's only averaging – he's averaging under 14 points a game this year – and imagine if he could actually shoot the ball. He, I don't think he'd be averaging anywhere like 20, 22 points a game. That's not his game. You know, it's almost like he's like a 6'11 Lonzo Ball in that he's just – he's a team first guy, likes to get everyone involved, and he likes to keep it that way. He doesn't like to be the main scorer. And that's fine if he wants to do that. But, I mean, he's – He's averaging – He's gonna be. this would be a career low in points for him. It would be a career high in rebounds, and he's keeping the same assist totals. But it's just frustrating because I want to see him get better, and he hasn't. And his free throw percentage is still terrible. He's shooting under 60% from the free throw line. I just can't understand how – you know, especially in today's game, we see all the bigs doing that. And if you're Philly and you're Dale Morey, 
I wonder what your concern level is at that point because while Ben Simmons is super valuable, his value is also limited because he can't shoot threes, and that can limit how far you go in the playoffs. Look at Milwaukee. Because Giannis can't shoot, you can he just attacks the lane, and Miami was just stripping the ball from him because he's so tall, and it really hurts your chances of winning because you can't rely on him to score for you. Yeah, also the Celtics a couple of years ago, they they just left Simmons wide open. They left him on an island, and he, he refused to shoot. I mean, that's the problem with the, if, you're, if you're timid. Uh, that's that's the thing I like about Lonzo is that he he will always shoot and people will shit on his form or whatever, but at least he shoots. I mean, at least he's open and like he's apparently he's he's burned the shot. At least last year he was I've, really good. I've, been, I've watched I've watched Pelicans games. Lonzo's shot compared to his rookie year is much much better. The form yeah. is there, and you know it, it. You know I never also shout out to Stan Van Gundy by the way. I'm I'm liking what he's doing down there. They're slowing things down, but. You know, it's it's slower paced, but I think it kind of works for that team because they are – they just – I just think it works personally because they have a more isolation-oriented team with Zion and Brandon Ingram. Let those two guys go to work. It just makes sense to me. So I just want to give him a quick shout-out. But to get back to Philly, what do you do? I just – I'm not sure. Do you – I don't think you trade Ben Simmons – but I don't know if I'd want to keep him either. <laughs> yeah, you know, it'd be it'd be really nice. To, and I've always I've talked about this obviously on this on the podcast before. Like, the Philly made the move to get the masturbator over uh, uh, up northeast. That would be the he's like the anti Simmons, you know. <laughs> you know, he's like the perfect isolation scorer. And just imagine him with Embiid. But maybe the Rockets are saying James Harden, right? What's that? We're talking about James Harden, right? And so, of course, yeah, he's the masturbator. Okay, I was like, where did you get that nickname from for a second? <laughs> yeah, I made it up like sometime last year because he's 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 really good at foul baiting, and you know he's that. That's I mean, that's half of his game. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. It's one of the best nicknames I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, the masturbator! I love that. I love it. <laughs> Underdog, put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> I I would love. I mean, like, hey, I mean, if if that were I mean, the Rockets should just go all in, make that a marketing thing, you know, make it a masturbator. Uh, I don't know, because I think if people hear that I call him the masturbator, they might think that I'm, I'm taking a dig at him, and I get it, but I like Harden a lot. So, like, I, I he's like, you know, like Reggie Miller. He's a very good baiter. He's a great baiter. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, you know, like you mentioned before, yes, very good baiter. But no one is the masturbator. No, they're not. No. <laughs> and, you know, great shooter, too. Oh man, one of the best of all time. Yeah, one of the best masturbators, one of the best shooters of all time too. Yeah, and I've always wanted to say this about Harden. Is that like because everyone knows exactly what he's gonna do? That's the definition of insanity, guarding James Harden, because you know what he's gonna do. He just does a step back, the double step back thing, and he just he just drills it. I know yesterday he didn't have a good game though. You know, for me, I, I think about this with what's going on with um, Daryl Moore, and I can understand why you would not want to trade for James Harden. You'd have to mortgage your future and. You know, you'd be going all it's a lot in. Of pressure too, yeah. You'd be going all in. And I understand the hesitation because you have a guy who's so young, but this is his fourth year and he's still not shooting any threes. And and he gives you everything else. He's six eleven and he's still an amazing defender and it's so hard to guard and it's so hard because he can switch on one through five and he can give him business. So mm-hmm. I just think, you know, with what's going on. You know, especially with the success they're having, I don't expect them to do anything in terms of trades. I think they're going to stick with where they are, and I don't expect James Harden to get traded. 
until the offseason if he gets traded at all. Because yeah, I, I agree. Because for once, I mean, they're really struggling right now also, Houston, which is yeah. something and I think that they definitely may look to make a move because I think their run's over. I, I thought that their window closed after they lost game seven to the, war, to the Warriors. Yeah. I believe it was 2019, right? 2019 they lost in seven. 18. 2018 and 2019 they lost the six games. Okay, yeah. But I thought their run was pretty much over once they lost in 2019. I thought there's no way they're coming back. When they won 65 games, I thought that was their peak time. And then when Chris Paul, you know, and just it, it, I never thought it was going to go anywhere. And then what did they miss? Like 27 threes in a row, and then they ultimately lost. Yeah. I mean, you're not – you're done. You're, you, I, I closed the book on them pretty much then. I gave them one chance in 2019, and I'm like, okay, now they're done. So, yeah, it, it's, and that's like, it's funny. Cause we might be talking, we're talking about the Rockets, like, you know, like, like the Kings, right. Obviously they didn't get like fucked over by the refs or anything. Uh, at least not as bad as the Kings, but like, you know, it's like when you're so close, you know, you, you just want that team to win so badly. And it, it's just an unfortunate a series of unfortunate events, right. The Chris Paul getting, starting there, starting from game five at the end of game five. Uh, and then, you know, uh, I think for Tita, he bought the team when they were at their peak. Yeah. So, like, no one was really saying anything about him then. They, they just wanted to win. They, they had their roster. And, I mean, like, I know people people were kind of saying, like, oh, you know, the Rockets, they lost to Riza, and people are overreacting because of that. But that's a big loss. Like, Riza and Maba Mute, like, those are very good defenders. And, like, it never hurts to have those kind of guys on your team. It kind of hurts when you lose those kind of guys, actually. Yeah, it does. And, I, it, and, and this brings me to my next subject. I like speaking of defenders. Look at the Toronto Raptors now. One and six, yeah. struggling mightily. When you lose a Serge Ibaka and a Marc Gasol, it shows. And you look at a team like the Lakers, I mean, and, you know, it's just like with Marc Gasol, he's still – he's old, and I expect I don't expect him to stay around much longer. Shout out to the Gasol brothers, by the way. Both ended up in Memphis. Both played in L.A., which is I love as well. It's It's – the difference is night and day with what's going on. And now you see them, you know, give being one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And all you've got is some nice solid role players on a team that looks lost. Yeah. And also it doesn't help that, you know, they're, they're totally like, they're, they're basically quarantined in hotels like forever. And they're also like not in a great spot in terms of like the COVID hotspot, whatever uh, in Florida, uh, it's weird, man. Like, Tampa Bay is kind of taking over the sports world here. <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird because it has. It, it was, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Either. I mean, freaking Tom Brady. He's just unbelievable, that guy. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you know, but like, it, it's weird because I, I know that they thought about they were going to play in Louisville, and then they, they uh, the players, like I said, didn't want to do that uh, because of the whole situation. Obviously, we all know. And then uh, – and then I guess Tampa was kind of a plan B, right? A plan B option. I mean, what was wrong with Buffalo? I mean, Buffalo is not far, you know? I don't I don't know what the hate with Buffalo is. I don't get it. I, I don't really understand. You could have played in Vegas maybe, I suppose. You know, they yeah, got even Vegas fun. would have been better, yeah. But I don't think they were going to do that because of the Paul George incident, so I don't think they, were gonna, they would ever do that because he got hurt. I, I think that they are feeling not being in Toronto. I think that's part of it. I think being away from Toronto and being away from the city – is part of it. And it's, it's tough to see because they are such a well-run organization. Yeah. Like even Detroit would have been better. Like Detroit, that's not far. Yeah. It's not that far. You know, and the the crazy thing is that they haven't 
I mean, you could argue they've played a tough schedule. You know, they've played New Orleans twice, San Antonio, um, Philadelphia, the Knicks, Boston, and and Phoenix. So I'll give them that, that they have played a very tough schedule. But, you know, it, it's just um, – it's just wild what's going on. They played such a tough schedule and they're now one and six. And I would have expected them to, I would have expected them to at least be 500. Or at least right? be 500. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you talk about franchise that peaked, right? The Raptors, man. Like uh, that feels like a, that feels like a blur. Like that, their run feels like like five years ago, you know? <laughs> yeah. But the Raptors obviously, you know, uh, they have like on paper, they have some pretty decent pieces, but again, like that guy, Boucher, He's not really a full-time five, so it's going to be tough. And also, uh, you know, it, it might as well – you know what they might as well do? I mean, I, I know this, this is like – you know, I'm not a huge fan when people say this and stuff like that. But, you know, if they tank this year, because it's already a bad start. I would, start I would not I, – I mean, I would think that's not a terrible idea either. Yeah. Because I and think – And you know, to go for that guy Cade, right? What's his name? Cade Cunningham or something like that? Yeah, Cade Cunningham. I, here's my thing oh, – oh, right. Amani's not for a while. But, yeah, Cade Cunningham is – this is going to be a really loaded draft class. And if I'm Toronto, I know I can turn this team into an ins- – I know I can turn these guys into um, into superstars because I've done it. I did it with, you know, Pascal Siakam. I was able to keep the team going as long as I did. And there's – I have confidence in their ability to play it out. Fred Van Fleet turning into an amazing, consistent 20-point-per-game scorer. OG Ananobi turning into a quality player. Chris Boucher as well turning into a quality player. Norman Powell always been a quality player for them. So I would trust these guys to do what they need to do. And if they need to tank, then I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, and there's also like a couple of quotes from Nick Nurse kind of like kind of throwing some shade at some players. And it's like maybe trying to light a fire under them. Um, but it, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we don't really see that. I, I guess we do see that from Nurse because, you know, no one really pays attention that much. But uh, you know, it, it's, it's it's a very rough one if you're a Raptors fan. Um, but, hey, I, I I doubt they have any regrets. I've also seen, uh, you know, uh, the masturbator might be a dark horse, perhaps. Uh, it would to, be to a terrible move, but I don't see how you make that work either because I don't know what at, what pieces you would move necessarily. Yeah, it basically would be the Rockets again, you know, like it would yeah. be basically a similar situation. You know, so I, I guess I could see that, but – at the same time, you know, I don't see – I don't know where Harden would go. I don't – if I'm Miami, I don't know if i trade that. You know, I get it if you want to. But, you know, they really value Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. If they really value those guys that highly, then I'd say go for it. But I wonder if last year was kind of a fluke. I do wonder that and whether or not they're going to be able to get back there. And if you go second round and out this year, maybe first round and out, I think you consider pulling the trigger for that. Yeah course yeah i mean like i i mean there's also like another thing that we should mention like all these teams that were went deep into the playoffs really struggling except maybe for boston uh and also philly who obviously but they were a first round exit so any team that was second round onwards uh except uh, i guess i should say the clippers too so it's like two teams who are like really holding it together right now the celtics and the uh the clippers and the lakers too i mean the lakers got better you know the Lakers definitely got – well, the Lakers, I mean, are the Lakers. So, you know, they're going to run here. I think Dallas also is struggling because of Porzingis not being there. And I yeah. think people really don't give credit to just how good of a tandem Porzingis and Doncic are together. You know, so I'm, I'm not too concerned about that, really. I think it's 
I was talking about this in the pod. I said, wait 20, 20. I said, wait 20 games, and then I can, and then we can see who's really good and who's really bad. Because, you know, especially with this season, guys are – I mean, now they're pretty much in a groove, I feel like. They're slowly becoming together, but it takes 20 games. We've seen it with Miami when they started, what, like eight, nine, and eight or something like that their first year. Cleveland, yeah. it was turmoil till late January when LeBron got hurt. And then he went to Miami, and all of a sudden they just became the hottest team in the league. So <laughs> it's – you know, I wouldn't worry too much. I think everything's kind of going to be topsy-turvy, but I would I would guess that everything will kind of round itself out and everything will kind of come to a head. And I expect Denver and Dallas to be in the playoffs. It might be a four and a five seed, maybe a six seed, but I still expect them to be a dangerous team because these teams have proven to be very high-quality, tough teams to beat, especially with two superstars like a – although I would count Porzingis more as an all-star rather than a superstar – of course, yeah. Dodgers, of course, being the superstar on that team, you know, with a team like Phoenix, maybe they are really for real. And I think that they, they're they playing like it. So I'll give them that credit. But I still need to see a little bit more because they weren't – they have really struggled when they – the chips were down. You know, they struggled against – they got a close game. They did, they did lose to the Clippers. So we'll see. But I think that they are here to stay for now. It's just I like to wait, get a 20-game sample, and then I definitely can assess whether or not this team is a contender or a pretender. Yeah, I, I like Phoenix a lot. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just another reminder that Chris Paul, is, he, he's just a winner, man. Like, everywhere yeah. he goes, they, he turns into a winning team. And I know people are going to point to his accolades and say that he hasn't won a ring or anything. But, he, I mean, like, he's he's good enough to win a ring. You know, we all know that. So, yeah. like. Uh, yeah, so like seeing him like kind of run the show over there, it's uh, it's very, it's I, I actually I really love it because now Devin Booker finally has a chance to be on a good team for once, and uh, who knows how far they can go? I mean, like they they are like they're they've been the number one seed for about like a week now. Well, yeah. I hope they can stay there as long as possible because it's always fun to see kind of a surprise team. We it definitely been it's definitely nice to see it because we talked we talked about that Monday as well. But I want to get to a, a team that I don't know if I'm surprised, but it's a team we love to watch. They're finally watchable, and that's the oh Chicago my Bulls. Goodness. My They're goodness. actually watchable. I it's it's actually amazing because I uh, the game against the Blazers that we were talking about the other day. That was a great win. Great win, down by twenty and coming back, and the Blazers like they made them look stagnant. You know, the, they made the Blazers look really stagnant. And so, like, finally seeing some, seeing a game like that, that's not like, a, you know, like last year when he, we had that win against Charlotte where we kind of pulled it out of our ass in, like, the last minute or something like that in the beginning of the season. The announcement, uh, that was so funny. He's just like, no, oh, my God, no, no. <laughs> like, he knew they were fucked. He knew it. It reminds me of, uh, remember Morris Pe- You remember Morris Peterson where he hit that well, shot oh my, against- You know, Michael Ruffin threw it up in the air. Yeah. And then yeah. Morris caught it and baked it in. He's like, God, oh, my goodness. You know, I made that my ringtone, by the way. The, I don't believe it. I don't believe it, you know. Have uh, you but, answered, that's fantastic. <laughs> but uh, the the Washington announcer was like, no, you know, it's not possible. You know, that uh, that's another good ringtone, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I like but, the one uh, Justin Bieber. You ever heard what Justin Bieber's is? He, you ever, remember, the, oh, remember Mike Gundy? He goes, I'm a man. I'm 40. That's his ringtone, which is another good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, like. I don't know, man. Uh, the Bulls have finally – I mean, like, even yesterday they lost to the Kings, but they put up a great fight. I mean, they put up a good fight on the back-to-back. They traveled that one day that they – that you know, going from Portland to Sacramento, and 
they they played pretty well. I mean, I, I was uh, pretty impressed, like, that they were keeping up with them. And it's like – and keep in mind, they got four guys out, you know, four guys who are usually in the rotation. Yeah, it, I mean, you win four of your last six games, you've got my attention. And yeah. they almost won last night, which would have been five of the last six. And, that would have been a great, great win if they had won last night. But, you know, they, hey, Hal Burton, he can play. Yeah, it was a, that was a tough pill to swallow. I was watching the game last night. I fell asleep, like, right towards the end of the fourth quarter. Cause, but what I was watching was a team that really impresses me and is a team that is finally being coached well. And I see a young Patrick Williams, that floater, oh, that is Derek Rose-esque. That thing, I don't know how you stop that shot. When you, when you have that wingspan and you're 6'9 and 6'10, I don't even know, it was 6'10, whatever he is. He's also going to keep growing, by the way. I expect him to be 6'10", 6'11", maybe 7 feet by the time he hits 20, 21, because usually these guys don't stop growing till they're in their like, – till they hit 21. And he really is – he's raw, still one of the – you know, him and James Wiseman seem to be the two guys with the most potential in this class. He's got a very, very, very solid game. He doesn't shoot a lot, but when he gets his touches, he gets the job done. He's very efficient with his touches, yeah. Like, he, he will he'll always make the right decision. And I've, I've, I've been had a lot of fun watching that guy because he's just, you know, it, it, the, half the fun is the mystery, right? We don't know what he's going to do. But, like, I, I, we've, seen, we've seen enough of him even during the preseason where it's just like, yeah, we know he's, he's probably going to pull up for a mid-range jumper. And he's got a nice shot. I mean, he's, like, he's one of those guys, like you mentioned, like, like Wiseman, like Halliburton. They were, like, NBA-ready right away, you know? Uh, it kind of also reminds me of uh, Shea Gilchrist-Alexander. On like in his rookie season, because he seemed like he just fit in seamlessly in the NBA game. Yeah, and you know one thing that's crazy: Patrick's shooting forty-seven percent from three right now. Forty-seven. <laughs> he's, not per game. he's not taking what, like one or two, two a game. I mean, okay, fine, I'll give it two that's a game. Bad, but that's, it's that's not bad. It's not bad, and that jump shot is so flawless, and you can see the fundamental bases there, and. Just give him two or three years, and he can get there. It took Giannis years before we finally saw what he could really be. It took a couple years before we really saw what Kawhi was. Now, granted, he had the NBA Finals, and we got to see really what he could do in the Finals, but we didn't see the superstar Kawhi till the year after they've left, basically till yeah. about 2015. And then we finally saw what really Kawhi could do, and – in terms of his superstar potential, we knew the guy was going to be special, but I feel like it took a, I mean, if I'm going to really go look at this, he didn't really do what he was doing. I mean, he didn't really start becoming the player that we expected till 2014, 15, till then he was averaging, you know, 11 and 13 points and then 16. And then pretty much by 2015, 16, he's their best player, 21 points a game. And then it just took off from there. So I think that we win. Say it again? I can't, believe they won, I can't believe they won 67 games that year. That was the same year the Warriors won 73. It was crazy. Yeah. The, the seven, oh, 2014 Oh, no, it's 2015-16. Yeah. 15-16, yeah. That was, in, that was crazy. It's Because normally – I, I forgot that 67 wins. I forgot they were going to. I, I forgot that they won 67 games that year. Yeah. And uh, going back to the playoffs. He didn't hurt the playoffs. He got hurt, right? He got hurt in 2017. That was the first year with Durant. Okay. Uh, but like going back to the Bulls, like uh, I'm, you know, I know this guy. He he had a career high yesterday. He had, he had like seven assists too. It's not too shabby. But I'm not sold on Kobe White as a as like a point guard. I never really was sold on him as a point guard. 
I know he's only 20 years old. He's but Ben it's Gordon. Like, he's a Ben Gordon. He's a he, combo exactly. guard. He's not a Kirk Heinrich. He's a Ben Gordon. He's a combo guard. I mean, he can get – he can make plays, but he's not a he's not a point guard. He's gonna. Yeah. He's a scorer. He's, he, Kobe White is best. Kobe White is going to be a great sixth man in this league. I don't think he is a starter guy. He's like a Lou Williams. He'll come off the bench and he, he can give you 15, 16 points. He can give you 35 points if he gets hot. Last night he had 36. He had a great game. It's just I don't see him as the starting point guard moving forward. He's not the kind of guy you want. The Bulls need an actual point guard. I think the Bulls are fine at small forward. Wendell Carter is showing signs, 17 rebounds last night. Shout out to him also, six offensive rebounds, which is fantastic. Little Moses Malone number right there. But he's depending on who you talk to. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, he's not shooting the three well. And maybe Jim Maybe Remember, he had a complete green light in preseason. He had a green light, and we saw him. I mean, it it was – it was Brick City, and <laughs> it, it was ugly. I mean, 25% from three this year. Maybe that's why Jim Boylan didn't let him shoot threes because he knew he wasn't a good shooter. That might have been part of it. But we're seeing now that it's just – you know, I'm, I'm still not sure about him, and I'm not sure about Lori either. There's a lot that they still need to figure out, but I definitely think you can keep Zach and you definitely keep Patrick Williams on this team. I think there's no reason not to keep Zach Levine. He's on a bargain contract, and he paid $20 million a year, and you're getting 23 to 25 points a game from him. You don't just give that up, especially for a bargain like that. Yeah, I wouldn't expect the Bulls to, you know, give in and make some shitty trade to give Zach Levine to, like, the Sixers for, like, nothing, you know? Um, and even if the Bulls, like, I mean, like, and, I, and speaking of the Sixers, the, I mean, the Bulls could use a guy like Simmons, even though he doesn't shoot the three. Uh, but another guy I thought the Bulls would be good with, and I know, like, the contract would not work. He makes way too much money for his value. But a guy like Westbrook would be very valuable for the Bulls. I think he could help, but I think also Westbrook is a kind of player that while he's a good player, he's not the kind of player that is going to help you win a title because he can't shoot. And if you can't shoot, he's also a ball-dominant player. And if you really struggle to shoot, and I believe he's the least efficient player in the league the last, like, three years in terms of shooting – just in front of John Wall. And so it's weird because John Wall seems to fit in better with the Rockets than Russell Westbrook did. And we saw last year what Houston would do. And are we both in agreement that that was boring as hell? Are you talking about their team or like the series? Just the way they played. It was 55 threes a game. Yeah. Dribble, 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 and then shoot a mid-range jump shot. Yeah, it it was – man, it it was tough. I mean, like the Rockets – I, I when once they tripled down on like the you know fuck you we're gonna go all small five I was like okay this is cool this is very interesting this is different but once you get to the playoffs it's like there's no way they're gonna win you know no. there's no way they're gonna they're gonna do anything because they they need to build a similar roster that they had like three years ago now right and you know I don't say they're going towards that path now but you know uh you know it sounds like their owner doesn't you know people do not like him uh, so. I don't know, man. Uh, the Rockets, I, I mean, like, well, a guy like Westbrook, you know, another guy who would be great, obviously Lonzo, but the Pelicans probably aren't going to give him up, so. No, I think Lonzo would actually be a decent fit for the Bulls. I actually have talked to my friends about this. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, the Rockets were out-rebounded in that series last year, 45-32. to 32. Ooh. 
per game. Wow. Which is why I always thought there's no way they can win this series because they can't rebound at all. And if you can't yeah. rebound at all, then forget it. You're not going to – It's not much is going to be done in terms of your favor. And, I, and if I'm reading this right, how many rebounds per – okay, you got about four. Okay, that's not even that impressive anyway. But for a team like the Bulls, where are those pieces going to come from? Because I don't know – because the thing that's going to be the problem is are guys going to want to come here? And I don't know. I'm still not sold on the fact that people are going to want to come to Chicago. I think the, the aura of Michael Jordan, I think that's gone. And I don't think with the way the team is constructed now, with a guy like Arturis, now he has the power to actually sign free agents. He's going to use that, and he's going to execute that strategy. He couldn't do it with Denver. He had to develop the talent. But now he can develop the talent and he can get free agents. And I think with Arturis, these guys are going to want to play here. I actually think there is a legitimate opportunity to play in Chicago. And, you know, people argue all the time, well, you know, they may not want to play in the cold weather. Who cares? You get to play in a city like Chicago, you win here, you're beloved forever. You think any those guys for the Cubs, everyone wants them to be re-signed just because they want to ring. And I'm of the opinion – they haven't done anything for three years, and Rizzo's got a bad back. So, you know, as much as we want to keep them and we want to love these people forever, you know, understand the magnitude of winning a championship in this city. You are renowned forever. You don't have to pay for a drink. You don't got to buy a steak at Gibson. You don't got to do nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, well, that's why, you know, obviously the Bulls are – I think they're going to be looking at that, that Brooklyn Nets approach. Uh, so, like – it took them about seven years. I don't to, even know if we'll go with the approach. I don't even know about that necessarily because it, it, to get Kyrie and KD, very, very tough. Yeah, to I, should, I shouldn't say Brooklyn. Well, I mean, I only mentioned Brooklyn because, I mean, like, I'm, I'm only thinking one guy, just one guy we could get. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like a Giannis or anything. I mean, if, even if it was just, I mean, that'd be great. But Giannis is, you know, he's five years down the line. Um, but, like, just, just like a, I mean, like, because I never thought that they would do anything this coming off season, like next season. I don't think they'll do anything, you know, in terms of like a huge, you know, like Anthony Davis type, and that's another guy who won't be around for a while. But like, yeah, next year's free agent class is pretty weak. So I mean, like, I'm looking down the line, like 2024, 2025. Hopefully, we get someone who's like very interested in, you know, the right opportunity. I could see them maybe making a trade for some guys. Like, tw- I think the Bulls are going to eye 2022. Harden's a free agent. KD can opt out. Steph Curry can out that though. I don't think he's going to go. I don't think he, I think he's gonna yeah. you can get a Bradley Beal, Kemba Walker. You can bring Jimmy back if you want. <laughs> you can try. I don't think, I don't think Kawhi's, yeah, I don't think Kawhi's going anywhere though. So I don't think so either. No, no. I, I don't think Paul George. I mean, I, I think those guys are staying there with, with LA, especially if it works out this year. I mean, especially if they get closer this year. Like in the Western Conference Finals, you know, they're going to go – they're going to probably double down and go all in. Yeah, I I think that's the tricky part with the Bulls is what is your next step? What is your free agent plan? Because a lot of the free agents, they're old. A lot lot of them are in their early 30s. You have a young team, and usually you have to be able to build it organically if you want to get that next free agent. And right now, I don't think this team is at a point where we can definitely say, oh, this is a free agent destination. There's still a lot of pieces that don't fit in the puzzle. And if you don't have the pieces that fit in the puzzle, you're not going to be a place that people are going to go, that's where I want to go. 
when the Bulls were going after LeBron, Bosh, and Wade, they had Derrick Rose, they had Taj Gibson, they had Luol Deng, they had Joakim Noah. They had all these young, quality pieces that made you go, that's a team I can play for. If I go to that city, I can win a championship there. And if LeBron James comes here, well, obviously we trade Luol Deng, but you would have had Rose, Gibson, Joakim, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James. You can win. That's a def- that's a nightmare, especially with LeBron, Gibson, and Noah defensively. There would have been a nightmare to guard, but you understand those are that's a team that is a quality team that you can go to that just needed those pieces, and you're a title contender. So the Bulls are not there yet. And I think until we finally see a Patrick Williams breakout, Zach Levine break out to be a superstar, Kobe White all of a sudden takes this huge leap forward. It's not a place that I'm sitting there going, that's where I want to play if I'm James Harden or Kevin Durant or LeBron James or, you know, a James. That's not where I'm looking to go. I'm looking to go to a place where I definitely know, okay, I know we have pieces here. We can build it. Now, the Lakers, the, when he went to the Lakers, they had a young nucleus of talent you, that had assets you could trade a, for a superstar for. That might be what the Bulls are going for. Let's get that one free agent, use all our all our young assets, and get that second guy. And then all the other free agents will follow him. We'll fill out the team that way. Could be his move, but that's the frustrating part. Is we, we have to wait and see. And it's nice to see what we're seeing now. The young talent kind of coming together with Billy Donovan as the coach. It's really nice to see. I still think that until we see that young squad really develop and see that next breakout player, which is probably going to have to be Patrick Williams because we need to see that happen, I don't see this as a free agent destination town. Yeah. Yeah, at least not yet. I mean, because it, it, it takes time to, to build something like that. Because I mentioned Brooklyn because it, they took, it took seven years for them to, from Billy, the Billy King resigning up until, you know, two years ago when Kyrie and KD, you know, joined the team. Well, I guess I should say now, now is about seven years. It took about six, five, six years for them to finally build something up. And, you know, you know, cause once, once you get like a guy like Kyrie Irving's attention, you're like, all right, we got, we got to go all in, you know, like for to get Kyrie Irving and then who knows, you know, we can, you know, uh, get Kevin Durant. But cause I remember when Kyrie, when he signed with them, I was, I was thinking like, now KD could go there, you know, because they still have the money to get him. Uh, so it's very, like, you know, th- that's a very exciting situation that Brooklyn has right now. I know there's, like, you know, there's some pressure now with, with them, and, you know, people might think there's some pressure, and they're not off to the greatest of starts. But it's also, like, like I'd kill to have that kind of roster right now, you know? Right. Uh, you know, for I think the key would be, I mean, if we look at let, – let's look at a team like the Lakers the year before LeBron got there, right? The year before he got there – they won 35 games. Not a ba- so it wasn't necessarily a bad team. It wasn't a bad team, but it wasn't a great team. It was still a team that was young, still a team that was developing, still trying to figure it out. But there was talent there. If you're a 21 team, I'm not looking. I'm not even looking in your direction. In yeah. order for what did Brooklyn have that you know was big for them last year? They made the playoffs without the two. They made the playoffs despite not having Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So when you have that much talent, you don't need – you know, that can get a team to go, yep, I can go play for that team. If the Bulls can make the playoffs as an eight or a seven seed this year or next year, I think a team might go, you know what, if I go to that team, I could be that last piece. They're already a playoff team. If we look at the Bulls before 2010-2011, eight seed, both 
or eight or seven seed both years, but they made the playoffs. There was young talent there. They had pieces. You had a superstar in Derrick Rose that was not quite there yet, but got there in his third season. If the Bulls can prove we can make the playoffs without having a defined superstar, that'll catch the eye of free agents. And that's what I think is going to take. It's going to take for them to finally take that step that goes, we are the best team. We are the best team to go to free agency for. And this is why we made the playoffs without any of you. Now imagine what we can do with you. That's their best yeah. partnership. Yeah. But uh, in the short term, it's, it's just really great to see, you know, like just kind of like this culture change taking over because this culture change is supposed to, it should take about a season to get settled in, but already we, we can already see the effects. Like, you know, the players like, you know, a little bit more relieved, I guess. And Bill Donovan, I've watched a couple of his press conferences, and I don't know, man. This guy says exactly all the right things that you want to hear. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like the all the shit that we heard through Jim Boylan, all the quotes, because okay. I never wanted to watch a Jim Boylan press conference. But with Billy Donovan, you know, when they lost, they, they lost. They got when they got blown out by Milwaukee. I was like, I want to see what he says, and he, he was saying a lot of very good things. And yeah, he, he was also – he doesn't throw anyone under the bus. He's like – you know, I mean, he, he maybe he'll throw – he wouldn't really throw, like, a shot that's, like, not warranted, you know? Right. And he, he's going to hold these guys accountable. Plus, I like some of the free – the signings they've made, especially Garrett Temple. That's turning out to be a very solid signing, yeah. seven and a half points a game, a reliable shooter. You know, one guy I have my eye on is Makoka because he's not a very good offensively, but he can defend guys. And, you know, it's those little pieces – those those guys, those diamonds in the rough that you find that can turn out to be that next big guy. He's, he's undrafted, a rookie. He's a rookie, so they've got time to develop him. Look at Pascal Siakam. Picked him 27th. No one gave a crap about him, but look at what he's doing now. Became one of the better players in the league. So or, or you know, uh, Nikolai Jokic takes time, developed him, turned him into the best passing center in the NBA, maybe the past, best passing center we've ever seen in NBA history and may ever see in NBA history, at least in this time frame for sure. So I, I definitely think that there are pieces here. It's going to take time to figure it out, but it's a young nucleus with the right guy, people in place, the right guys developing these players. And I think what I'm finally seeing is a team I can go, I can watch this. And I haven't want, and, and I'm sure Adam's told you this. It's been years since I've been like, I want to watch the Bulls game. It's been years since I've said that. I'm actually, I know they're going to get blown out by the Lakers probably. LeBron can take the game off and they probably still win with AD alone, but it's fine. I'm still going to watch this because I want to see my team playing finally again. It took me forever to be able to say that. And now I'm happy I can say that. I haven't said that since Jimmy Butler got traded. Yeah, uh, and really uh, having all those, just like, just having at least like two decent players really like really will really make you I don't know it really makes you worth worth watching I guess and also like these last two years for the Bulls the Bulls really wasted two seasons like you know with the with the Jim Boylan experiment uh now I can't believe they actually extended him for some reason I don't know I don't know why they did that you know because you know and I like what you're saying what you're talking about there with extending Boylan we we see bad franchises with bad front offices make these kind of dumb decisions for, for example, the dumbest – you signed Cristiano Felicio to a four-year contract? <laughs> what, are you stupid? <laughs> I mean, what? You're scoring one point a game was enough? I forget. He's still on the damn team. Yeah. I forgot. He's still on the team. 
Thankfully. Like, how do you? How is it possible to sign that guy? He stinks. We all knew he stunk, and you gave the guy thirty-two million dollars. It just dumbfounds me that they gave this guy this contract because I thought, well, he's got some talent. Yeah, he was a D-League superstar for like three seconds, and then you know he was in a biz. He's been abysmal since he got here. And he's not even good for like in the in the international games either. No, he's not. And you know it's okay. He's that guy who's like seven foot three, and you just put him at your starting center position in high school because he's seven three, and then he gets to college, but he only can. And then he goes to like, I think they had a guy. It's almost like a taco, except tacos in the NBA. They have this guy from, I think, UNC Asheville, who was like 7'7". And he was on the team because he was 7'7". I mean, he wasn't going to make the NBA, but he's a 7'7 or 7'5 or something like that. You just put him out there because he's tall. You're not putting him out there because he's like this amazing player. I think um, Purdue, for example, they've got a center who's 7'4". He's not going to make the NBA probably, but he's 7'4". So, of course, you can use that. Like – it's just, you know, just because you're a big body doesn't mean you can play in the NBA. He doesn't mean anything. Look at Chuck Nevitt. How'd that work out? <laughs> do, you even know who that, do you even know who that is? No. I, I, I don't exactly. Sounds kind of familiar, but I don't think I remember now. Do you, know, <laughs> like, you know who Chuck Nevitt is? No. Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> just because you're a big body does not mean you're going to be a talented player in this league. And There was nothing. We knew that Felicio sucked. We, we totally knew that, but – you know, it just goes to show when you have the proper guys in place, you know that Arturs is not signing this guy. No. I trust what he's doing. When At first, when I when I saw the draft, I was like, who the hell is Patrick Williams? And when they said he's got Kawhi-like tendencies, he's the second youngest player in the draft, I said, okay, I trust what they're doing. He obviously sees something. He obviously see, sees the potential. I want highest reward possible. That's fine. You know who's leading the team in blocks right now? Patrick Williams. So I'll take that. I mean, the guy can play defense. He's young. He'll develop. He'll figure it out. It t- it's going to take two or three years. But I can see what's going on now. And I can definitely say that they're moving in the right direction. And, you know, who knows what's going to go. I knew Laurie wasn't going to get resigned right away. They don't know if he fits yet. Because right now we look at seven-footers in this league, unless you're a Giannis or a KD, big men, they're not – it's hard to have a big man on your team because it slows you up and they can only guard five and four because when they get in those switches, it's a problem. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you look at Utah. Utah was in, like, a very tough dilemma because, you know, Gobert wanted the Supermax, right, $280 million or something like that, or $260 million, whatever it was. Uh, maybe it was two sixty. But uh, – and then the Jazz wanted to give him, like, 185 But they settled on 205 or something like that. So, I mean, like – you, when you have a guy like Gobert, who's like very, you know, obviously elite at the defensive end, but on the offensive end, you know, leaves a lot to be desired. Um, it, it, it's that tough dilemma. So that's why, you know, like I, like I, I first of all, like I, I expected the Bulls not to, you know, even think about giving Lowry that extension yet because he hasn't really proven much until his rookie season. And, you know, Wendell Carter is another interesting case. I don't because, expect him back. I don't expect him to stay because I just, the, you know, I, I, he's a very solid player, but I, I haven't seen enough out of him where I go, you know what, this guy is a guy I want to keep. Watch him go to Boston and be unbelievable. <laughs> I would, I could believe that. I could see him going to Boston. Yes, I could see them doing something like that. Yes. Uh, but 
Uh, I guess the only question is, you know, would it be through RFA or would it be through some sort of trade that we made? But I don't know. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, like like we mentioned, it's it's been very fun to watch. It's a very exciting time, honestly, to be a Bulls fan. Um, you know, like I mentioned about Kobe White, you know, so we need like a we need like a true point guard. Um, and Halliburton would have been nice, but we but Patrick Williams also fits a need. And uh, you know, we we got it. We obviously we picked him up when when we drafted him. I was also kind of disappointed because. I thought, uh, you know, going into that draft, I would be. I was thinking, I'm gonna embrace the hell out of whoever we draft because it's not Gar Pax. I agree. Decision. I, you know, and the first time, the first hour or so, I was like, oh, this is this, you know, because th- there was a lot of uh, reports about Patrick Williams. The Bulls are interested in him, and Patrick Williams went from like the 30th pick in the first round to like the four, you know, the top 10 or whatever, and like he apparently really worked on his game. And the fact that he's really – he's a very huge fan of Diana Taurasi was a green flag for me because, you know, it's kind of a game-recognized game kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw the interview they had together. They did, like, a back – like, a Google Glass. I don't, I don't think I did, but I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. I, saw, I came across on Facebook or whatever, but he was, like, very starstruck when he met Diana Taurasi. And I was like, this is really cool. This guy really loves basketball. Yeah, and, it, you know, for you to soar up that high tells me you have a good work ethic. And I've seen the tape, and I like what Spencer did when he said. They said, what's his ceiling? He said he doesn't have one. What, I know. That's, that's crazy because Dinwiddie does not have any ties to the Bulls or anything. You know, it's, he's just a random – I mean, obviously he did before. But, like, they recognize talent. he's not going to be biased towards the Bulls, yeah. When, you rec- when talent recognizes talent, he sees a lot of talent in him. And that's and – so I'm going to give this – I'm going to enjoy the ride with him. It's going to be very interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. And – Speaking of which, um, before we close it out, I just want to say tonight, very nice slate of games. We got Philadelphia against Brooklyn. I'm going to enjoy watching that game. We I also- can't wait, but unfortunately Durant is quarantining. It's a shame. Which stinks, but you know what? I'm going to enjoy Kyrie watching. Is still, he's still very good on, you know, to watch on television. This is going to be great. I can't wait. It is. And we also got Dallas versus Denver, Cleveland, Memphis, San Antonio, and the Lakers. And, of course, we'll finish off the night with Minnesota and the Portland Trailblazers. But that's going to wrap it up here for this episode of Hoopstradamus. I want to thank Hami once again for coming on. It's always a pleasure to do a podcast with you, Hami. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, likewise, man. Now, hopefully we'll do one soon again, both of us. And uh, everyone, have a good rest of the week, and we will be back soon. <laughs>